welcome, one and all, to a very hatchet-ish episode of The Feminine Critique. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm Emily. I'm Christine. Uh, And today we are going to be covering, uh, and I can't quite remember why we picked these. Um, (laughs) I do. Okay, Christine, you explain what we picked and why we kind of picked them. Okay, well, we picked Hatchet and the sequel, Hatchet 2, because we were sitting and eating dinner. And some lovely Thai food. Some delicious Thai food. And I don't, I don't remember how it came up. I don't I, I think because we were talking about like filmmakers that we feel guilty for not liking or something. I don't know. I, I think it I was know. like that guilt feeling of like indie cinema we sometimes have where you really want to like a film and want to like a filmmaker and yet you just don't. And, and I think I, maybe that's how we got to Hatchet. I know that pretty early in the conversation – Mercedes McNabb's boobs came up. Yeah, so I don't know if it was Buffy related, and we were just like, yeah, that one time Harmony shared her boobs and Hatchet. I don't know. Maybe we should talk about Hatchet. Yeah, so it could have been based on like a real discussion about film, or it could have been based on Mercedes McNabb's boobs. I don't quite remember, but regardless, (laughs) it has brought us here today to discuss Hatchet and Hatchet Two. Yes. Um, Of which we both have, I think, very complicated feelings on, and we will get to that shortly when we start talking about the movies. Yes. Before we do that, uh, we now you did hear we had one bonus episode in our interim, which was our showgirls commentary, <laughs> which was brought to you by Fat Bastard Merlot. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry, Cabernet Sauvignon. But yeah, uh, yeah, brought to you by the fine people at Fat Bastard Wine Makery Place Um But so in between, then I assume now I actually haven't watched that many movies. All yeah, me neither. Wonderful. It's been it's been a crazy last couple of different weeks. Well, I mean, so. been, you traveled, you had <laughs> all of that stuff, so yes. that's an excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, my excuse is baseball, for the most part. Baseball's back on, so it's like, oh, I could watch a movie, or I could see if the Mets might get out of this nine nothing game, and so on. But my Mets are actually doing well this year. So, oh, well, you know. good. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations I, I worked, to you all. I, I worked hard for that, so it's, it's nice to see all of my hard work pay off. For now. Uh, so, Christine, why don't you tell me some of the movies you've been watching? Okay. Um, I'm just going by... I'm looking at where it says the movies that we watched for the last show. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't say that I watched 28 Weeks Later yet on this podcast, I, I don't, don't think. think you did. No, okay. I, we talked about it in detail, but I think that was when I said it. When you watched it, yeah. It. Yeah, and I did. I did. I think right after we recorded, okay. I watched and it. And what did... Um, so what were your thoughts on Reboot? Wow. It was just so... It's so good. It's, it is so good, isn't it? It's really good. Uh, I forgot how good it was. Such an underrated new horror movie. Yeah. Whenever people want to bitch and bitch about modern horror just being sequels... And oh, and the fact that this is a sequel and it it's, sequel. it's still so good. And it's so good. It does... Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it last time. It is... Maybe in a year or two we'll cover it just so we can gush about it again. Yeah, I was just, I was surprised that, like, it really is just as effective and it's just really, really enjoyable. So, yay. Um, I watched Argo. I think I said this to you, but not out loud here. I don't think you said it on, on, in publicly, what'd you think? No, um, it was a movie. It was okay. It was all right, right? Yeah, it was all right. And we discussed, I think, in person as well that the beginning tension was Mm. just, like, so great. And then, like, the end tension was almost non-existent because they just keep repeating the same tension over and over again which is oh my god last minute oh my god last minute no we're okay 
Yeah. And it works the first time, but when you do it eight times in a two-hour movie, it starts to uh, fade out. Yeah. I mean, it was good, and Clea Duvall was in it, and that's that's sold. Um, when I was when I was went home to um, see Mi Madre, mm-hmm. she made she made me watch the Avengers again. Okay. Not that she had to like twist my arm. <laughs> she, I she like didn't, the idea that your mom has like a clockwork orange like chair that she like dusts she, off when you. Come she to made me watch it. Oh, she she likes it and she wanted to see it again and she's just like, oh, could you bring it? We'll watch it together. So I rewatched that for the millionth time okay. and it's still great. Um, you need to watch it. Right. I want to, I know, I'm, like I said, I have to You're get building up. in America and, uh, Iron Man 2, and then it will be on to the Avengers. Good. Um, then I saw, my mom also made me go see, and she did, this was, she strapped me in and made <laughs> me go see this, um, Oz the Great and Powerful. Okay. Which was uh, also a movie. Uh, <laughs> I guess it was good. It was very, everybody's like, oh, it was very Sam Raimi. It was. There were, like, total Sam Raimi camera angles. It was... It's people have been saying it's basically Army of Darkness. That's what I've heard, and then the more I read the synopsis, I'm like, oh, it does kind of sound like it's. Yeah, I think that's not. They're not stretching at all. I mean, Michelle Williams was great, and Rachel Weisz was great. Mila Kunis. I felt bad. I wanted to be like, to be like Mila. You, you really shouldn't be acting with these women. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just like it made her. It seemed like she, yeah, she just looked really out of place. Right. I mean, she did a good job, but I, it was kind of like I, she's a different league. Like, I mean, exactly. I like Mila Kunis. I think she. I do too. Funny. I totally do. Um, but, but I felt like she ain't Rachel Vice or Michelle Williams. I felt like a child, like a parent patting their child's head. <laughs> like, did such a good job. Oh, no, let's try. Let, let the adults act in the movie. <laughs> I feel mean saying that, but but I really do like her, and I really liked her in Black Swan too. So I do. I don't know. Maybe. The direction was a little weak, honest. but it, whatever it was, what it was, it wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, there's a really cute monkey in it, and there's a really cute China doll, and I like stupid like this, the sidekicks, the archetypical sidekicks. I'm such a sucker for, so those were cute. I should I should tell you by the way, right now as we're recording, I have on mute. Guess what's on TCM? The Wizard uh-huh. of Oz. Oh, hmm. So, so we'll just use that as background. I was gonna say maybe I set that up for you, but I didn't. It was pretty, uh, pretty cohesive. Co, co, I can't use words. Covalent. <laughs> Covalent bondage. Covalent. Um, I then watched Showgirls with you. Yes, you did. Um, the next day, I walked around New York by myself and just happened to find myself in a showing of Trance. What? What? How crazy <laughs> is that? Yeah. I- based my whole day around it whatever um so yeah i got to see trance um it is not danny boyle's best movie Mm -hmm. by any stretch um it is good though apparently people are not enjoying it i heard mixed things but i know some people who've spoken pretty highly of it yeah i mean and everybody's super good in it for so just to see everybody being good Mm -hmm. it's reason enough to watch it um i re oh i threw my back out oh no fun Right after I got, I was I was home for eight hours, and I threw my back out, and I couldn't move, so I rewatched Cabin in the Woods. Nice. Whatever. Then Dylan was like, you know what movie you should watch? It's on Instant Watch. I think you'd really like it. It's called Deadfall. I'm like, oh, I don't, I've never heard of this movie. I know not of it. I, it so he's like, yeah, yeah, I watched it. I think you'll like it. I don't know if it was like a joke. I hated this movie so much. <laughs> oh, that Dylan. 
It has your favorite Olivia Wilde in it. Olivia Wilde or Olivia Munn? Oh, no, so actually Olivia Wilde. I know who she is now because, um, so I get a lot of, like, I get air miles that I can never actually use for air travel. So what I, the only thing I can use them for is magazines. So it's like, so I get like once a year, I get a thing in the mail being like, you can get as many of these magazines. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Give me Marie Claire and stuff. And I get that. And she's on the cover of it. And like, so they, so now I know that her parents were journalists and that she got married when she was 19 to like a, an Italian prince or something. Um, and that she took her name uh, after Oscar Wilde. So I know a lot about her now. Oh, okay. Well, she was in this movie as was Eric Bana. Oh, I like Eric you, Bana. Yeah. You know who else is in this movie? Kate Mara, who's, I think, officially... The, the I, superior Mara. I think I am a Kate Mara super fan at this point. <laughs> like, I need a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> you on will, one, right? I, I, just, I just heard that Gentleman's Guy today where Will said that she is the superior one. And I, yes, Mara. Kate Mara is the best, but all these things combined did not make this movie a movie I ever want to see again. Um, don't watch it. I watched I watched Holy Motors finally. Oh yeah, it's on my instant queue, and I just haven't. Uh, I'm, uh, See, uh, apparently the instant one is cut up. I don't know. Oh, I got, I got the actual um, disc mm. because there's like some like intense male nudity, which I don't want to miss oh, out on. Male nudity. Damn so it. get. Get the, it might be worth it to get the disc or look into it a little bit more and see if it is really. I mean, I'm, I'm not watching. If there's no male nudity, I will be pissed off. So Yeah, well, you will be missing out. Uh, I really. Sir, is, if any of you watch it on Instagram, please tell me. Is there male nudity or not? Actually, you know what? Dylan might have said it was blurred. I don't know, but whatever. <gasps> what? I know. Are we in Japan? Come on now. What age are we living in? <laughs> but um, I really liked it. I'd be interested to hear what you think. Okay. Um, I think I tweeted, I don't know really what I just watched, but I know I really liked it. Understood. It was really confusing and then i watched a movie that i thought was amazing mm-hmm. on instant watch it's called the scapegoat i don't know if you've even seen this go uh, by i feel like the title is familiar but i don't again not, i don't know anything it's based on a book i'm not gonna say her name right so i'm just gonna butcher it by daphne de okay. she, she wrote like the birds and, and don't look and don't look now and it's just like kind of like a, i'm thinking a, of guy de Montpassant. But, yes, <laughs> I did read the words as a short story. It's like a dude that takes his, like, doppelganger's identity or, like, forces his identity on his doppelganger. Okay. It's super good. Um, I recommend that. It's not my instant recommend, but I recommend it. Oh, it's on instant. Jeez. <laughs> I know. Please tell me all the things you've seen. Okay. Um, I watched... Uh, what I, as I think I've told you, my key for Netflix is to bump um, movies that are long waits up to the top of my queue because, A, sometimes they go off off Netflix entirely, so I like to get them before somebody steals the discs. And, B, when you bump them all the way to the top, sometimes you get a free disc as a result. Um, you know who also does that? Who? My mom. She's a smart woman. I don't know. I was like, where did you learn that? She's like, oh, I don't know. I just I just noticed. And I was like, oh, all right, look, you and Emily. Seriously. No, seriously, people out there. You got a Netflix queue. And even if, like, you're somebody who's like, yeah, but I didn't want to watch it now. Well, chances are you're not going to get it yet. You're going to get it in, like, a month when randomly it comes to you. And and I don't know what their system is for it because, like, I've had a lot of movies that have been up there for a long time. And it's like there's no pattern to when they suddenly decide to give me an extra one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time they did. Uh, and it was Mandingo. Okay. Which is, um, you know, I still haven't seen Django, but I know that, like, this is definitely one of those influential movies on, uh, on Django. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those movies, it's really unpleasant, and I don't really ever want to watch it again. 
Um, but it's kind of fascinating that it was made because I think, and I think that's something that Quentin Tarantino says. It's like, because it, it was a big budget studio made exploitation film about the American South. Um, it, it's weird because it, it is very exploitive, but it also like doesn't shy away from like showing certain aspects of slavery that are horrifically unpleasant and kind of making a statement about it, even though it also is giving a violence for the sake of violence and everything. Um, is it <clears throat> Perry King, the guy who was in uh, Class of 1984? Mm-hmm. Is it? He's kind of like the, the, the young white lead, and he's fantastic in it. Because he's playing, like, the sort of, I guess what would essentially be the Leonardo DiCaprio role in a way, of, like, the young southern lord. But he's, like, morally really gray because on what, like, he falls in love with one of the slaves, but he's still a slaveholder. So he's still a monster, but there's aspects of him that are a little better than some of the other men. And so, I mean, there were things about it that were really interesting to watch. It was just also like just one of those movies that like you you feel really dirty watching mm-hmm. and that. susan george is in it susan too. george is in it yeah yeah, yeah. um so. i don't want to get you. and she gets like she, she also has one of those like i mean horrifically unlikable human being in the movie um so i mean for that and is it james mason is he in it yeah 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 i'm just looking at it it's now it's kind of crazy like that this movie was made the way it was so for that in itself it's worth it's certainly worth tracking down um, last night I watched for the first time Island of Lost Souls. Mm-hmm. And how did you enjoy that? Oh, I love it. I've never. You should. You definitely should. Um, 1932, I think. Uh, Island of Dr. Moreau, essentially. And it just, you know, you obviously are watching a movie made in the 30s. There's certain aspects to it that, certain sequences that feel a little unnecessary or a little bit, you know, like not as smooth transitions and such. Um, but just that this movie was made in the thirties is so awesome. Uh, J- uh, what's his name? Charles Lawton is just devilishly naughty in it <laughs> the entire time. Uh, I mean, the makeup's incredible. Uh, it's a criterion release. So the DVD has like a thousand different interviews with like John Landis having a conversation with Rick Baker about it. There's oh, a cool. brilliant interview with Richard Stanley. Um, who was the original uh, guy to direct the Frankenheimer one, the the Marlon mm-hmm. Brando version. And so it's great because it's him talking about, like, you know, his take on the story and all these things. And then, like, he's talking about, like, like how, what a, like, what a mess the movie ended up being. Um, so that in itself is amusing. But, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. I recommend it. Um, a movie that I uh, do not recommend, but, I mean... I say that, but of course I do, would be uh, The Clown Murders. Oh, it sounds so good. <laughs> it, well, 1976 Canadian movie, uh, mostly known for starring a young, very dramatic John Candy. Oh, really? Have you I, ever heard of this? No. Okay. I don't, I don't usually, my, the clown genre is, some, is one of my many blind spots. <laughs> <laughs> that is, well, we need to fix that. We're going to watch drive through next time. And anyway, uh, the clown murders. Well, the thing about the clown murders, it's 1976. So it's not really like it's kind of pre slasher trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you put this movie on without knowing any, like knowing it's marketing for the first, and it's a hundred minute movie for the first 90 fucking minutes, it's not a horror movie. It's just about these like really miserable rich guys who kidnap one of their ex-girlfriends as a prank, but then, of course, stuff eventually goes wrong, and then there is a guy dressed like a clown killing them 10 minutes from the end of the movie. 
Um, very low budget, very bad, uh, not good. Um, and the best aspect of the movie is that, I kid you not, every single scene that John Candy is in, he is either eating or talking about eating or receiving the butt end of a joke about him eating. Mm-hmm. And I'm so not, it's, uh, he was a very complex character then, right? Yes, like every, like, at one point, like, he's just standing there eating a sandwich while everybody else is, like, pacing back and forth. Um, there's one part where it's like, you think that they're actually like not talking about food and like, he's like, I see a light on in that house. And then I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, wait for it. Refrigerator door, wait for it. Sure enough. The other guy's like, oh, I bet you just see the refrigerator door opened. Like it's, oh, but, but then John Candy gets the love scene. So if you, oh, well, that's ever, nice. if you ever wanted to see John Candy in a love scene, the clown murders, this is your chance. Uh, but it's, I mean, it was painful, but of course for me, that's not always a bad thing. Um, a movie that was not painful, uh, that I hadn't watched in a while, and Brandon had never seen it, so I wanted to to show it to him, was Jacob's Ladder. Which I still haven't seen. You've never seen it? I, now I have. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. I assumed you had, because we talked about the jacket a while back. Well, yeah, I've seen the jacket, <laughs> God. Like, who do you think I am? Like the jacket is, like, so yeah, yeah. influenced by Jacob's Ladder. That I did know. I've read, I've read enough about the jacket to know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I will, one of these days, we'll put it on the, the long list. I would totally watch it, that. I, I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's a movie that um, fascinatingly mismarketed, but kind of couldn't really be marketed any other way. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if you remember when it came out. We were, pre- we were young, but you might have remembered the trailers, because the trailers were fucking terrifying. I do, I do remember. Yeah, Quite, they, I yeah. Mean, they sold it like, you know, like a horror movie, and it's really not... Um, there's some scary things that happen in it, but if you were like a 15 year old boy being like, Hey, you see that trailer? Let's go see the movie. You'd walk out be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, but it's so good. Uh, yeah, I I think probably one of the best movies like of the nineties, I I would make that (laughs) argument. It's one of those movies that I've read so much about and I've heard so much about that. uh, There's this part of me that's like just worried of. Like, I don't want, like, I know, and it's so stupid because I've done this with so many movies and just, yes, just because you've, you've heard a lot about it or you know the stuff, it doesn't mean you shouldn't see it. Mm. I do that way too much. And I, I mean, on the flip side, sometimes it can, it can hurt a movie because, yeah. you know, you do have those movies that you're like, <laughs> all right, well, I guess it's finally time to watch it. And then you do, mm-hmm. and you're like, that's it. That's all you got. Um, but I feel like with, I mean, maybe because you've read, you might know stuff about it, but it's a really... On one hand, certain aspects of the film, I think, age a little poorly because a lot of films have since copied it. Yeah. But See, that's hand, another thing. Yeah. Things, things are so derivative now sure. that, that it's almost like reverse for me. Yeah. Because, yeah. Right. But on the other hand, I think it, it it's really, it's a different film. Um, just the tone of it is something that's really unlike anything. And, I mean, the performances are all good. There's a lot of, like people that you're like, wait a minute, Jason Alexander with hair? Big Rames not even credited in the opening credits? Oh, I love when stuff like that. Yeah, like and that. there, I mean, there's a lot of people in this movie that um, you're like, what? Macaulay Culkin? What? <gasps> really? Yeah. So, Macaulay Culkin. Like, pre-Uncle so, Buck Macaulay Culkin, I think. Or maybe, maybe Uncle Buck era Macaulay Culkin. To bring it back to John Candy. <laughs> it always comes back to <laughs> Always. <laughs> Um, but no, I, yeah, you should really watch it. But let's, like, let's do it, like, in a year. Let's let's review it. Okay. I need to put time in between it because it's it's a heavy watch. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to it in a year. 
Uh, people, if, if a year from now comes and we haven't talked about it, remind us. Yeah, send me an email. Send me a fax. Please. Because in a year, faxes will be back. <laughs> it's retro. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Uh, upon your recommendation and the <gasps> recommendation of many, uh, including a special episode of Night Living Podcast, um, I watched Safety Not Guaranteed. <gasps> and? So when I watched it, like, I liked oh, it. Oh, God, no. Well, I liked it while I watched it. I was like, okay, I'm like, this could go so wrong for me. This could go so hipster. This could go so this. I'm like, and I kind of see where it's going. But, uh, but then, like, and when it ended, I liked it. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, overall, I like it. But then the more I thought about it, and the more you after, loved after, it? Yeah, and after I listened okay, to it, I don't know if you listened to the Night Living Podcast, did, um, they did like a month where they were doing like their own, where they weren't really necessarily doing horror movies, mm-hmm. and they did an, an episode on this, and like they brought up points that I totally hadn't thought about with it, and like then the more and more I thought about it, like it really grew on me, and so I, yes, I heartily endorse and recommend it. Cause, Yay. Because it was really sweet. I think that was the biggest thing, was it could have been mean in a lot of ways yep exactly there's a few points it could have just taken that turn there's i mean all three of the storylines really because you have kind of you know you have um the time travel guy the duplass boy Mm -hmm. you have the the guy from new girl Mm -hmm. and his relationship and you have the like nerdy uh other intern like all three of those stories could (laughs) have been so easily uh, treaded on in a certain direction that would have just been like funny to some people, but really just mean and empty. Mm -hmm. And they're not like all three of those stories are actually have really like complicated and sweet and like heavy resolution. And so no, yeah, like it was one of those that really grew on me the more I thought about it. That is why that movie is not a hipster movie because it is so fucking genuine. Yeah. It's good. That's that's the whole thing. I don't care what your definition of hipster is. Mm-hmm. What hip what hipster lacks is anything genuine, right. in my in my opinion. And that movie's so yeah, like it, it has so much heart, like unapologetically, mm-hmm. like even at, to the point of almost like like cheesy, right? At, at, occasionally, but it works because and the it, tone is yeah, yeah. And it's funny too because that's what I always say about Parks and Rec, is the reason why I think that show is really special is that the characters are all really nice people who like each other. Mm-hmm. And so there's so much heart to that show where, you know, it, like, most shows, like, there's a, yeah, sure, okay, at the end of the day, everybody likes each other, but, you know, in the meantime, let's be mean and let's make jokes. But, like, with Parks and Rec, like, you always get the sense that these people really do want to help each other. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it kind of, and, I mean, the Aubrey Plaza link, I guess, but um, I don't know, like, there is definitely that, that link of just niceness that I really appreciate. Uh, okay, two more. Um, I was, okay, so... Remember, like, when you were a kid and you had, like, free cape, like, free HBO weekend and free yes. Max weekend? And, and then you don't do anything but sit in front of the television. Or you just record it and record it and, like, yeah. VHS runs out and you put another record. So, um, it doesn't excite me anymore because I have Netflix and I have a lot of movies. So, if I really want to watch something, I can. Um, but we had free HBO weekend. And I, like, I'm going through, I'm like, oh, let me see, maybe something's on that I'm looking for. And I kid you not, the day before, I had, I had said, um, and I believe I must have said to Brandon, I'm like, man, I'm still bummed that you haven't seen Final Destination 5. Oh, <laughs> what's on HBO? Final, Final Destination, Destination 5? 5? <laughs> so I rewatched that, and I love it. I still haven't seen it. Oh. I think I stopped it. I don't even think I saw the third one, actually. Really? Yeah. Oh. I really liked the first one, like, a lot. Okay. And then the second one, I was just like, meh. 
Maybe I did see the third one. Is the third one the one with the piece of plate glass fallen, or is that the second one? <laughs> no, it's the second one. That's right. pigeons. The second one is is kind of the second one is actually my favorite. Um, but the thing I love about the second one is that one character of the kid who gets crushed by glass after the dentist's office. I like that is the only part of that film I remember. Well, you could tell that in one draft that kid was supposed to be like five because the kid is just like a savant the entire film. But then, like, I guess they must have figured out. And I think the same thing happened on Smash, uh, the TV show. I think they just figured out, oh, you know, maybe it's in bad taste to actually like drop a plate of glass and splatter a five year old's brains out. So instead, they cast, they have it, the kid be like 15, but they didn't change any of his dialogue. Oh, that's so funny. That, that's true, because there is parts of the dentist. I remember the dentist office scene vividly, and, and there is like, parts of that. It's all little kids, and then this, like, 15-year-old dude. Yeah. It's, it's great. Um, but Final Destination 5 is, well, uh, it's, it's hard to talk about, but it's, it has some of my favorite kills. Yeah, don't spoil me. No, but seriously, 5, could, five is the only one that could actually be spoiled. Oh, okay. Because there's a twist. Thank God. It's about time. <laughs> it's about time that movie about the, the design of death has a twist. I feel like that's sarcasm, and I do not appreciate it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know you like them, and I probably would like them all, too. Just like how I like all the step-up movies. Exactly. Like they're, and it's a similar franchise. It is. Like, it is in a lot of ways. Because they're both just fun and know what their audience wants and yep. gives it to them. And they're not trying to be something else. No, and they no. embrace... Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, and the last thing I watched, um, a movie that I had for long heard of, and um, was one day happened to see the video pretty cheap, and I knew it was a hard movie to find, so I bought it. And it actually is a double-sided movie that has a sequel on there as well. And finally, I was like, all right, let's let's watch this. My God, how amazing is the abominable Doctor Vibes? Oh my God, amazing! Oh God, <laughs> fucking amazing! Everything about that movie was just mind-blowingly wonderful. So good, yeah. Yeah, I loved this movie. I could not get over how much fun it was, how bizarre it was, how gorgeous it was. It's so gorgeous. Oh, it, I mean, it is a gorgeous-looking movie. There's, it's, it, I get, like, all this Art Deco stuff going on. There's great hats. There's great costumes. There's a fucking brass unicorn that stabs a dude in the yep. chest. It's also just, kind of depressing. Well, but kind of sweet. It's a, it's a, it's a melancholy. Oh, film. I think it's sweet in the end. It's sweet, but yeah. melancholy. I know the the band, the Zipper People oh, band. So good. Oh my god. So. If if those things were real, oh, I'm having a party just so they could play there. Mm-hmm. Amazing oh, outfits. Oh. That one broad has so many great. Oh, like she does the hat. She's got. I got to see that in 35mm oh, at the Draft nice. House. That's it was awesome. gorgeous. Um, the DVD has the sequel on the other side. So, and I've heard good things about it. Yeah, so the, I'm sequel, to watch the that. sequel's good. And it's, um, was it Rich, Richard, it was Richard Franklin who did Ends in the Darkness, which is amazing, and Devil's Reign, which is not amazing. Um, so it's just one of those directors who's just an mm-hmm. interesting guy. But, oh, people, if you haven't seen it, oh, it's so good. Vincent it, Rice drinking champagne through a hole in his neck. It's really, really oh, good. It's so good. It, like, defies logic because it shouldn't be as good as it is but yeah and oh god yeah so i just i'm gonna keep gushing about it but i was like i had heard everything i heard about it was that like no it is real like you should really track it down but i just was surprised by how enjoyable it was Mm -hmm. it was a movie like i didn't want it to end oh yeah it's not a slog it's not like one of those like oh i should really finish this movie no it's like solid all the way through absolutely um all right so those were all of my movies Yep. Alrighty, so why don't we take a quick break? 
We're going to come back. And which movie should we discuss first, Christine? <sighs> I don't know. Maybe we should go with Hatchet first. I don't, I don't know. Do, but whatever. We'll go. Oh, okay. Right. You're always always the trendsetter. What can I Trend do? breaker. Whatever. Right. We'll come back and talk about Hatchet. Oh, do we have to? I suppose. <laughs> It was a childhood corrupted by endless hours of VHS rentals. We're sick to manage it. You'd love it. In his most formative years, he had seen it all. I could handle anything. Action. Karate is not to be used aggressively. But if I have no other choice. Horror. (laughs) And romance. Now, he's decided it's time to go back for just one more adventure. Humans are such easy prey. Noel Miller presents... You're the problem, you little shit! The Adventures in VHS Podcast. Join me, Noel Miller, as each month I take an in-depth look at one movie from my collection of ex-rental 80s VHS classics and speak to one or two of the people involved with making them about what the format means to them. The Adventures in VHS Podcast. Thank you. Have a nice day. Download today from iTunes by searching for Adventures in VHS or visit adventuresinvhs.com. Shut up. Shut up. Such an ugly boy. He's just different. Like a stinky, bony rat. Well, you wanted to keep him. I didn't know he looked like that. Well, look at him. It's going to be quite a storm. Stupid starving freak. Shelly, that's not nice. Doesn't have the sense to eat. We just haven't figured out what he needs. Dropping dead right at my feet. Shelly! Just look at him. He's just tired. That's my mom. See, she cries. Every time a street dog dies. Well, I feel bad for them. No one calls. Sure they call. No one claims. Sometimes. So we put them down and never learn their names. Well, we can name him, sweetheart. What would you like to call him? That boy. Or maybe Edgar. So we're back. Hi. Hi. Now, Christine, do you remember when Hatchet came out? Yes, vividly. Did it come out in the theaters? No, I don't believe it did at all. Okay, so what do you remember about when it came out? Okay, I have a super complicated relationship with this movie. I knew you did. Please, Uh, tell the people about this relationship. Well, here's the thing. If you know, you probably know, if you know anything about Hatchet or Adam Green, you know Adam Green's from Massachusetts. Um, I'm from Rhode Island, which is, like, Massachusetts' little buddy. Mm -hmm. Oh, and he went to to college on Long Island, though, so... Oh, okay, see, there you go. We both have... It connects to both of us. A tenuous link, but... (laughs) I know that th- this was getting um, a lot of local, like, small support mm-hmm. because um, the the character, Jill David Moore's character, like, right off the, the bat, he's wearing a Newberry Comics t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, if you're familiar with the New England area at all, Newberry Comics is is basically an institution. Like, I grew up taking the bus to Boston to go to the, at the time, one of the only Newberry Comics in Boston, and they still sold comic books. Oh, hey, did like, you sell something else? Music? Like something else? My magazine? Oh, my magazine. Oh. You're very, you're very comic sells Paris Cinema Magazine. But, like, so you have all this, like, support, and, like, Newberry Comics is, like, 
pushing this movie. Like, they're totally behind it. And, like, this, it's going to be, like, a return to, to like, slasher and, like, I'm, like horror. Well, and, American horror, as its, like, uh, as its title like, says. What? This is going to be great. And now, pause. I don't know what year Behind the Mask came out. Mm, I'll look it, but I remember them, for me, running in, in running parallel to each other. Like, there was Hatchet and there was Behind the Mask. To me, they were interchangeable until I saw them. Oh, wow. It came out the same year. Okay, see, that's why. Yeah. So I saw Hatchet pretty early on, and I did, didn't remember having a strong feeling about it. Okay. Um, I, it was, and I think that says a lot. It left me feeling meh. Mm-hmm. And it left me meh enough to never seek out the sequel. Yeah. Um, I think I stuck with meh because of that, like, oh, but he, but he's wearing a uh, he's wearing a Newberry Comics shirt. Yeah. And this is like what slashers are now, right? <laughs> but then I saw Behind the Mask, mm. which is like a fucking good movie. Yeah. Like a legitimately good movie. <laughs> And, and then everything I ever felt changed. And I have so many awful things to say, and I'll probably have to censor myself. Hey, you know, hey, we have the explicit tag. We can say what we want. <laughs> so did you see this when it, like, right when um, it came out? I'm trying to remember, because I didn't think I did, but now that I'm looking at 2006, it makes me think that I, I saw it before. Eh, I must have... God... I have no memory of seeing it for the first time, but I know that I remember, like, I sought it out because um, I feel like a lot of podcasts were talking it up, a lot of, like, websites were talking it up and saying, like, independent American horror, this is what it should be. And, I mean, the the box cover art said, like, the way they sold this movie was, it's not a sequel, it's not a remake, it's old school American horror, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, like, I fell under that, like, (laughs) Uh, kind of people who felt pressured to, like, support this movie. Like, yeah, support new films, new horror films. Mm -hmm. And I still do feel that way, um, both about other movies and about this movie. There's a lot I respect about this movie. And I have a shitload of respect for Adam Green. Um, Sure. Like, every interview I read with the guy, like, he's awesome. He seems like such a cool guy. No problem with Adam Green. Um... Like, he was at Rock and Shock a few years ago, one of the um, horror conventions in uh, Massachusetts. And, like, he was there not really, like, he wasn't there to, like, sign autographs. Like, he was there, I think, to promote something or something. And, like, he just, like, sat at a table, put his name down, and was just signing things and taking pictures for free. He was so, just like, ah, like, it's my hometown. I'm just going to do this for, like, an hour or so. Frozen is a film that I really enjoy. I really liked Frozen, yeah. And I was, like, really happy to really like Frozen. I genuinely enjoyed it. Me as well. Um, and I really... He directed Spiral. I don't know if you've ever seen... I, I like Spiral, yeah. I liked Spiral a lot. Like, to, like I got, I've gotten in arguments with people... Did Spiral with um, Joel, I, Joel, I, I know, David Moore? I know he had more to... Joel David Moore had I more to do with he, it than that. Uh, I know, I'm trying to find it. IMDb hates me right now. You know how you know how Hatchet came up, Emily? I just remembered. We were talking about Chillerama. Oh, well, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, we both saw Chillerama. Well, we'll, t- we'll just give our, go through Adam Green's full filmography. <laughs> what did you think of Chillerama? Um, I didn't like it 
at all. But I think what we what got us talking about Adam Green and Hatchet was I enjoyed his section the most. Right. Because, you know. And I think I kind of feel like his segment was a little um, over, oh, not overhyped, but like, because I, I, I saw it with an audience, like the audience was just going cr- like. I thought it was funny at first, and then it just kept going, which you could say about every segment in that movie. Um, and that is the the pitfall of that movie, is every segment goes on between 5 and 15 minutes too long. Um, and so I think I kind of felt like, okay, the joke worked, and now the joke keeps going, and it's not funny anymore because it just keeps going, which is not how you tell a joke. But Chillerama was the same thing. Like, I, I respect it. I like that it was made. I respect how they made it. All that stuff, but I just wish I actually liked it. And that's why I'm really, you know, happy that I like Frozen. Yeah. And, um, I even felt the same way with Grace because Adam Green produced it. And again, I love that he, like, he saw the short and he saw Paul Solette and was like, this kid's got something and this is, you know, there's potential here and, like, supported him and helped him out because that's what I, you know, think horror film it's should be doing. It's a great sentiment. It's amazing. Yeah. But I, the movies ended up being I hate that movie so much. Yeah. Oh, and um, Spiral was indeed co-directed by Adam. Yeah, and it co-written by Joel David Moore. Thanks for that. And that, um, not to... Oh, no, I'm always getting dragged away. I'm good. Um, Not to give too much much away of my review of Hatchet, but I think the, the main thing that bothered me about the two movies is I don't think Adam Green is nearly as good a writer as... A, he probably thinks, and B, uh, he has to think because he's the only writer on these movies. Do you do you really want to do you want to get into this now? Oh sure. Should we give a synopsis first, or should we just go all? Oh, I... So there, it's New Orleans, <laughs> and it's Mardi Gras, and there's a bunch of people take a haunted boat trip, and there's a uh, mutated backwoods killer who might be a ghost. It's never really clear uh, who kills them. Okay. All right, so now say what you need to say. I just um, I have to get the synopsis in there. No, okay, so that's what that movie's about. Um, okay, I don't. I feel like my my review is going to bleed into something about the second one. Go for it. I'm going to yeah, try I mean, not. I'm going to try one movie in a way. It's, okay, okay. So the first movie, this, this, this hatchet film we're speaking of, is <laughs> very repetitive. Yeah. Very repetitive. As you can say for most slashers, really. But oh, but this one is. I get it. You had a limited budget, and I re- again, I respect this. But it really is like they're running around in circles the entire. Movie. Literally, at one point. Liter- like, literally, literally, ran around in circles. And I think that I have a, I have a, I don't think the writing on Hatchet is stellar. Mm-hmm. I think it is serviceable, but the writing in Hatchet Two is maddening <laughs> just really it made me want to bash my head up against well, something and, uh, what's funny to me is i think back to um frozen and i remember something i really liked about frozen was the dialogue yes like, the conversations felt real they felt like this is what kids these age would talk about this is uh-huh. what they would both talk about casually and when shit's getting real these are the things they would say <laughs> the the character turns were very realistic yeah. Yeah. And with both Hatchet and Hatchet 2, with the exception of certain lines that, do, that are delivered well, primarily by Joel David Moore, mm-hmm. um, 
every, there are so many lines that just feel like, I don't know if you were ever like wrote screenplays with your friends or like, like it very much what it felt like if you were writing something for your friends, because you would have these one liners that sounded great and you knew your friend could deliver, deliver it great. But then you hear it said, and it's always delivered as if it's a one liner joke. And it like it, on one hand, like, okay, you're, you're kind of making a horror comedy. I think you could easily call both of these movies horror comedies. Sure. Um, but there's got to be, you can't be winking the entire time. Mm-hmm. And that's what both movies want to do. And it's, it's infuriating because it ends up being really annoying. Yes. Um, with, and when we're talking about, like, limited budget, what's... Like it's weird because the, the like the yes it's a lo- both of them are or the second one less so the first one is a low budget movie, and yet it has a, a decent cast. Oh okay yeah let's let's speak on this cast. Okay first scene opening scene who do we get we get Robert England and the guy from the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I uh, I'm okay I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm into it it's good right, right right like okay like yeah like throw some horror icons in there yes like that's obviously fine. you've got like Kane Hodder in there playing the monster you yep. got. Um, Tony Todd has a cameo. Yep. Um, and you've got, like, even, like, the older couple um, who, I forget the guy's name, but he's in everything, and you'd recognize yeah. him as soon as you see him. And the woman who I know very well because she was on Days of Our Lives. Yeah, I very recognizable. Yeah she, yeah, she was on Days of Our Lives. Like, she was kind of awesome because the show just decided they were going to cast. They were like, you know what? What would, what would happen if we had, like, a real-looking woman on our show? getting the same storylines all the pretty people do. And so she just played, like, a major character in Days of Our Lives, and her weight was, like, never even a factor, and so on. Um, so you have, like, real actors. You have Mercedes mm-hmm. McNabb, who at this point had been working <laughs> steadily. And I don't know if this is the appropriate time to say this, but for me, she was the strongest part. I love her in this, yeah. she's. It could be argued that she's kind of playing harmony at times. Oh, Whatever, fine. Is. But that's but, what... That, you know what, she fuck it. She, that way and you she does it so well. Yeah. And, and she... I feel like her, she's always, like, her, her, her jokes always hit. Yeah. And she's and, got some bad jokes, but yeah. she makes them work. She really and does. She's, I feel like she's one of the only ones that has consistently well-delivered dialogue. Yeah. Well, to me, the worst thing about this movie, well, I mean, not the worst thing, but the worst uh, casting, because I'm not going to say performance. I really feel like. Oh, we'll get into that with the second one. Okay. Big time. Uh, Mary Beth, what's her name? Tamara something. Yeah. Well, some, I... like, weird background story because, like, her not being in Hatchet 2 was, like, this big drama because she didn't want to do it. And then, like, Adam Green, like, gave interviews where he's like, yeah, well, I hope she gets her life together because she's hanging out with the wrong crowd. I don't know. It was something weird. But um, she is so miscast in this movie. Yeah. Like, she's supposed to be this, like, tough, redneck you know, girl who's going to go save her daddy from the whatever got them when they were gator hunting. And she just looks like a model out of 17 magazine. Like, and she acts like a model out of 17 magazine. And it's like such a misstep. And it kind of goes with an issue I have with it, with both movies. If I really think about them, I don't like to, you know, I'm a woman. I watch a lot of horror movies. <laughs> like I, I don't think I'm not somebody that's eager to jump on my feminist. Uh, <gasps> so funny. I can't believe I cannot. Okay. How misogynist are these movies, right? <laughs> Holy shit, yes. Can we point out that, save for the older couple, there is no unattractive female, whereas every single man in this movie is pretty butt ugly. Mm-hmm. In I, movies. 
in the Bowen, of course, but I well, so, <laughs> oh, I know. I'm with let, sister. The second one, I uh-huh. legit freaked mm-hmm. out during. I flipped yeah. my shit during the second one. I mean, you know what? Let's just talk about both movies together because I, I there because we're gonna it's gonna leak over so much, so we're just gonna talk about both. But yeah, because in the second film, there is a scene where so I. I Okay, well, let's, let's note that in the second one, Mary Beth... Okay, first of all, the, the first one ends... I think the, the ending of the first one's, like, super obnoxious. Oh, I like how it ends. <laughs> oh, see, I, I think it's I like how both of them end. That's, like, the I one think, thing I really like is I like the very last shot. It ended, and I was like, what the fuck? But then it starts It starts up... The second one starts right where the first one ends off. And it's, it's good if you're watching them in rapid succession, yeah, which I did. You're like, oh, but except for the fact that Mary Beth shrunk by a foot. Now it's Daniel Harris. Yeah. Who I have nothing but wonderful things to I, say. I can't say bad things about Daniel Harris, even though I think also like a better casting choice, but still like I would have liked somebody with a little more like grit in their teeth. But it's fine. She, it's Daniel Harris, so I don't care. And she's it, I don't know. let's let's stick with the feminist line of thought because okay. I have so much to say about other stuff. <laughs> well, because okay, here's what bothers me more so in the second film. Mm-hmm. In the second film. You have, like, so basically Daniel Harris and Tony Todd comes back, and he's gathering a bunch of people to go in the And Tony Todd's, like, like full, like, starring in this film, like, yeah. co-star of this film now. Whereas and he was just, like, a little blip. A cameo first. in the first one. Yeah. So he gathers, like, all these people there, and it's a room full of dudes. Wait, yeah, yep. <laughs> and then there's one chick, and guess what? She's fucking hot. Yep. And, like, it just, you're watching this, you're like, really? Like, they wouldn't, like, and it's... It, it's where I start to feel like both really angry and really questioning my anger because I feel like it's such a moment where like here's Adam Green and I'm sure like he's you know I didn't look at his his crew list I'm sure he has women working on the film too but like it just feels like a moment where he's thinking of like okay well who do I need in this I need like a bunch of big burly dudes I need some mountain guys I need a black guy okay and then like there's one hot chick right like, there is no ever sense of the fact that, like, a woman can be in this movie and not show her boobs or not mm-hmm. be hot. And mm-hmm. it's really bo- other than the final girl. Like, and it's it's weird how, like, I found it really bothersome, especially yeah. watching them in really close succession with each mm-hmm. other. Yep. Can I tell you what made me very upset? You may. Was the way that that aforementioned female character died. Oh, God. Um... um <laughs> I will I will I will say this the death that comes after hers made made me calm down a lot but up until then and I would say both of the films all of the deaths had been the majority of the deaths had been neck based head based there was a lot of yeah. head trauma and then how do you kill your only female mm-hmm. oh you sh- you you sh- slam an axe into her cunt. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the most intimate, violent fucking thing you can do. Everybody else is getting their heads ripped off. But let's just like, mm, I get it, axe wound. I get it. I'm not an idiot, and I'm not like I'm, I have a sense of humor. That's right. the thing. I like horror films. I like slashers. I have a sense of humor. I like paused the movie and like fucking railed. I was so mad. Yeah. Then the next thing, like, dudes get their dicks cut into with, like, a chainsaw or something. So, like, I calmed down like, a little it, bit. It, it takes the sting out a little bit. Because there was mutual genital trauma. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but had there not been, I would have been very upset. But still, it was like, so that's the way the woman has to die. She right. has to get an axe, 
to her, you know, nether regions, and then she gets an axe in her chest. Yeah, like, it just, it does just, ugh, yeah, it's it's just a, not like, oh, it's a step too far, but it's a, and I'm sure, like, somebody out there is thinking, like, oh, but you have Daniel Harris as kind of the hero of the film. It's like, yeah, but there's something so, like, chaste and... Um, like separate about her in this movie mm-hmm. that you know, well, she's just the final girl, and of course she's going to be well, here. And it's the whore and the like, Madonna. There's no, yeah. there's no actual female character in this. There's the whore, and then there's the Madonna. That's there's no one else has anything. Yeah. And I was even I was watching like I started watching one of the special features on the disc, and there's like a making of, and it's just you know different. Like they're like day day one of shooting that. And, like, there's Adam Green, who, again, I think is probably a really cool dude. Yeah. And he's, like, talking. He's, like, so, yeah, so it was Danielle's first day, and we had to do the shower scene. So it was, like, oh, hey, welcome to the set. Here's your shower scene. It's, like, oh, God, you're not helping yourself any here. (laughs) And granted, there's no nudity, but still, it's, like, there's no male nudity in these films. Mm -mm. And, yeah, I mean, again, like, the, to me, the, um... The because in both films there's kind of the like thread of the the whatchamacallit, the girls gone wild dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the first film it didn't really bother me because it's it's kind of it's played for for laughs and stuff and it does feel like this is probably the way people act when they're at Mardi Gras and stuff. Yeah, I had no problem with it in the first one. And the second film, it's like they cram it in there really gratuitously. Yep. And again, like I understand almost uncomfortably. I, I thought it was mo- much more uncomfortable but, but it, because it was, yeah. because they reveal him as like as like a pedophile too. Yeah, and something that's bothersome too. In the first movie, they find his business card and he's a marketing consultant. Mm-hmm. And in the second film, there's like one of the videos. It's the girl being like, "Wait, you were familiar? Are you my you were my history teacher in middle school? Wait, so you can't even have continuity between your character? He was either a marketing executive or he's a or he's a history teacher. You don't usually change careers that much." And that bothered me. Honestly. I know. I think you're right. Um, there was... Oh, but one thing that did amuse me. Uh, one of the... The first girl who shows her boobs in the second film uh, was on the show Scream Queens. Oh, really? Yeah, and I actually liked her on Scream Queens. Um, I, I hope she... Con- I forget her name in real life, but um, I hope she continues on with her career. Um, <laughs> let me think. So there's... Oh, one thing I liked that I heard, not liked, but just found amusing. The, I'm just going to call him the black guy in Hatchet, also played the black guy in Scream 3. Yeah, he played the black guy in a lot of stuff. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to go out on a limb and say this, but I think he played the black guy in, in everything he's done so far. I think he played the black guy in Not Another Teen Movie, where it was like the joke that, that he was the black guy. Hold on. Oh my god, I'm right. Oh, he was, <laughs> he was the black guy. Not, see, not, I love Not Another Teen Movie, but that's... Ew. That's neither here nor there. I, I like that we're like we're sitting here accusing it, and I'm I'm well aware of the irony, people. I'm accusing Adam Green of being a misogynist, and yet <laughs> clearly I'm like going on about something that could possibly construe me as a racist. No, but that's that's the that's the joke. I know it's terrible, yeah, but, but it, in in yeah. not another teen movie, they play that joke up, and he he is well, and the I one mean, playing that joke right. up. And but in this wait. movie, you have an Asian guy who's playing the part of the Asian guy. Sometimes he, he doesn't even die first, though. Oh, you're, his name's his name's Dion, um, okay, like okay. In real IRL in real life. His name's Dion, but he doesn't even die first, which was nice. Right. It, it's I feel like there was some consideration there. Like oh, let's not kill off any non-white character first, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. And I mean, I will say something about for both, especially the first one. The gore is amazing. 
The kills mm. look really good, I think. Uh, and they, you disagree? Mm. I mean, they're ridiculous, but I think they look really fun. I think they don't look good. I, I think the, I think the opposite of what you just said. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen um, that movie whose name I can't think of? And I'm an asshole because I can't think of it. Oh, I know the one you're talking about because you bring it up to me a lot, and I still haven't seen it. <laughs> the um, movie that I always uh, talk Blade to Rest. Yes. Have you I seen Blade to Rest? Seen to Rest. No. I will fly that flag until the end of time. For whatever reason, I don't know. But that, if you want to see really good effects, that fucking movie is, is where it's at. I mean, I, I don't know. I like the gore in this. Because, again, like, when I watched it the first time, like, I knew what people had said about it, which was just like, you know, oh, it's old school American horror. Um, and that's that's another pet peeve is, like, the whole, and I understand, like, because, again, I read interviews with Adam Green, the cool dude, and how he said, like, part of the reason they use that as their marketing campaign was that, when they tried to sell the movie to studios, studios were like, well, it's not a sequel, it's not a remake, it's not like a Japanese movie, so nobody's going to go see it. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of like, oh, look, it's something original, um, like that in itself should be a reason to go see a movie, which I agree. But I agree. this isn't original. It's just, a, it's just a rip-off of any movie made in the 80s in the woods with a killer going around killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, something that really bothers me about the first movie uh, is so the whole like there's a, of course there's a cell phone it's 2006 so it's still not they didn't even have to have it as a big thing yet but you know Harmony I'm just gonna call her Harmony because um, like she has a cell phone so the whole time they're like come on like and she's like there's no bars there's no bars dude or you could have just been said I fell in the water and my phone got went underwater and now it's not working because it got soaked in water but later it goes off. So, like, they had, they couldn't have it be, I don't know. Oh, I didn't even remember that. Because, like, that yeah. bothered me. I'm like, okay, no, like, no bars. I, like, it's a joke now because it's, like, we've had it so often that now, mm-hmm. like, no, like. But, this, but I'm like, but if I was on a boat and I fell off the boat with my phone in my hands, my phone wouldn't work. No, I know. It wouldn't be an issue of, of signal. Um, let me see. And in both films, really, I'm just, like, looking at my notes for the first one because I have, like, a lot of notes for the second one. Uh, that, like, not only is Mary Beth miscast, but she's also inconsistent in both movies, really. Um, in what, her accent? Well, that means, obviously. <laughs> but also, like, how tough she is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Not. Like, at time, like, when she, you know, she's the first one to pull out a gun and be badass, but then later she's also screaming worse than Mercedes, and, and like, it's just, it's bothersome. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> I had less I had less issue with the first one I think because I had I couldn't it wasn't holding my attention and okay. it was just I felt like it was it was so derivative that I was just like no thank you and I just couldn't focus on it so okay I've all my all my all my anger comes in on the comes second, to the second one. one all right my last uh, three notes of the first one is there's a great scene where they take out a flashlight and they're like oh we need this. Which is amusing because they really don't since there's more light in that scene than I have in my living room right now. <laughs> um, the line, which I will use and I liked, which was, shut up, you redneck twat. Yeah. Not gonna lie. That, That's that not bad, right? See, we have senses of humor. <laughs> right? We totally do. There's just something about it that mm-hmm. as... It's almost like a reminder of like, hey, this is how the media looks at you. This is how you're portrayed in the media. Let me shove your fucking face in it for 90 minutes. And I mean, like, 
also I think as horror movie fans who happen to be women, like it's the, it's you do constantly face that, you know, that, that like defense you have to have often of the genre. Because mm-hmm. you have, you know, there's a lot of people out there who always just want to say things are misogynist or, you know, or people on the flip side who just are, but, you know, don't acknowledge it. And so, like, and that's why for me, like, I always go back to the movie Dead Girl, which I still think is such a brilliant flip of that, where it seems like if you hear the, the premise of it and if you kind of watch it maybe in, in, like, the wrong mood or aren't really listening to it, it feels like, yeah, you're watching a movie about teenage guys raping a, a female zombie. But the movie isn't, is actually so much deeper about that and is, like, like questioning that and, and pointing out that this is, like, an issue and everything. And so, and then when a movie like this comes along that's treated <laughs> so casually and it's like, oh, it's just fun and everything, it's like, yeah, but deep down there's something really unsettling yep. about the way it treats women. Mm-hmm. Um... So now the second one. Now the second one had the interesting theatrical journey. Do you remember this? The interesting theatrical journey? No, I don't. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I do actually. Could you refresh though? Because I kind of do remember this. Okay, so when they made Hatchet 2, uh, it was, the budget was, I don't know what the budget of the first one was, but the budget of the second one was 800,000, which is, I mean, still obviously very small, but, you know, it's, it's not pennies. Um... And when they, after, I don't know at what point they decided it was, they were going to release it in theaters. Now, when they went to the ratings board, they got, I think, like an NC-17 for, for violence. So they decided instead they were going to release it unrated, mm-hmm. which is very difficult to do because when you do that, you can't really advertise in uh, like newspapers or on the radio or anywhere where a rating is required. Um, so if you're releasing something unrated, which I think like the last major horror film done that way was Dawn of the Dead, you have to like really have the right marketing and the right support so it's you know you got to go to those dread centrals and those websites and those Mm -hmm. magazines and and get the word out there amc released it in their theaters on the weekend uh the movie grossed very little and after two days amc yanked it from the theater to which the two areas of controversy arose one was that like why did amc even bother putting it out uh, and oh, AMC's afraid of horror. Blah blah. Yeah, blah. No, I, I they just that. aren't making money. Um, the other argument being, and this was the argument that pissed me off, was the "fuck you" to horror fans saying, "Oh, it's your fault. Why didn't you go to the theater and support this movie? Because mm-hmm. you didn't. Now we're going to have more re- PG thirteen remakes of J horror." And I don't know if you get defensive about these things. Well, I think that that's that's such a shitty. Like, who, first of all, this, who are you to dictate to me what I should like just because it falls under the umbrella of horror? Right. I'm not, I'm not a good fan because I didn't have any interest in seeing this that I felt like marginalized my gender. Yeah, I'm, I'm a shit fan. Right. Sorry. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Come on, buddy. But yeah, I do, I do. I remember that though. I do. Yeah. I remember it like always like just feeling defensive because like, some blogs that I had read and podcasts that I listened to were, like, saying that very thing. And, like, for me, I don't really go to the movies, and I haven't in a long time. And, like, and I guess I understand the argument to be made that you need to support the movies you want to see in the theaters. I get Mm -hmm. that. If, you know, if you complain that, oh, they're not making Judge Dredd 2 
well, then maybe you should have thought of that when the movie came out. Sure. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm still feeling guilty about not giving my money to a perfect getaway. I live with that every day of my life, people. Yes, literally every day of her every life day. she lives with that. <laughs> it's hard being me. You don't know. Um, but at the same time, I, I guess the question is, and I'm curious what you think of this, how important is theatrical horror? The best horror movies I've seen in the last five, ten years have all been straight to DVD or have been festival movies that my chances of seeing on the big screen were minute. Mm. And I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that so long, because as far as I know, those movies are not in danger of not being made. Correct. Um, I mean, there's, especially now that you have, like, a lot of, what do you have, like, After Dark and Fangoria Selects, and you have, Mm -hmm. like, you have a lot of film festivals that are made for these kinds of movies that are probably never going to come to theaters. You have Netflix and Netflix Instant, where, you know the way movies were made in the 80s that were probably going straight to video, now they're going straight to DVD, and it's a market in itself. And mm-hmm. so I guess I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm putting that question out there. How important is it for horror movies to come to the big screen? Well, I think that's a, uh, you don't even, you can just take the word horror out. And yeah, I mean, because just because, and I, I recently was trying to explain this to somebody, I feel like sometimes I forget how, normies view films um like people think that if something didn't get a theatrical that it means it wasn't good enough to get a theatrical which is mind-blowing to me but that's because i've been who i've been me for so long i don't realize that that's a thing and in what in the 80s that was probably true probably but now it's not it has nothing to do with quality Mm -hmm. It's it, nothing marketability. Exactly. Like, so if something goes direct to DVD, it's, it does, it's not always, a ref, of course, sometimes it is, but it's not always a reflection of its quality. Mm. Um, I think that the, the, the way we view films is, is definitely changing right. and video on demand and, you know, they, you, as you've seen content being made exclusively for Netflix. Yeah. Like, I think that what goes in theatrically shouldn't be as important to us anymore because it's not as it's not what it was mm-hmm. and i think the other mediums need to be embraced of course there'll always be movies in in cinemas but they'll be your you know your blockbusters your right. iron man threes and your you know scary movie pic- fives and pixar movies and movie like hugs. these that's what it's exactly that's what it's gonna be and uh, sure it sucks but hopefully, in answer to that, there'll be more boutique theaters that pop up mm-hmm. that will show smaller runs and, you know, that don't need to have six screens of mm-hmm. the host or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I think that this, but th- that happened a little while ago. Um, the thing with Hatchet 2. I feel like if that, I feel like it wouldn't, if that movie got released and something similar happened today, it wouldn't have gone the same Way. Well, today I, I probably would have done, you know, video, like what mm-hmm. like what happened like Human Centipede and Human Centipede 2. It was like video on demand and theatrical release at the same time kind of thing. Yeah. And I think like that, I don't know how well that model is doing. They're doing it more and more because IFC does it a lot. And they seem to grab a lot of these um, kind of uh, like festival horror movies. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't, I remember when um, Steven Soderbergh did it because he did it first with Bubble. Like that, like little independent, you know, like amateur actor movie. And I remember that being the first movie that was done that way, where it was released in the theaters. And then a week later, it was released like on demand, basically. Or maybe it was even on DVD. I don't remember. 
And, like, at the time, like, theaters basically said, we're never going to show a Steven Soderbergh movie again because of this. Of, of course they wouldn't, right? Um, <laughs> so it was like, I mean, yeah, the tide keeps changing. And in a way, it's, it's hard, I think, for probably you and me to judge it because we, we're movie fans in a very particular way. So we see movies one way. Um, and so, like, I know for me... As much as, a, you know, a movie will come out and I'll be like, yeah, I'm really excited to see that in six months when it comes on DVD. Yeah. Whereas, you know, then I know plenty of people who go to the movies every week. I know plenty of people who buy bootleg DVDs in the parking lot at my job. Like, so it's, I mean, there's so many different ways, I guess, that people are going to see the movies. And I think when it comes to the horror genre, I think it's my personal experience is the best movies I've seen have not come to the theaters. And even if they had, I probably wouldn't have seen them in the theaters. Mm -hmm. So I guess my, I get defensive because I feel like in a way theatrical horror is just, it's not for um, the genre movie lover anymore. I don't know that it ever was, but I I mean, Evil Dead made a lot of money last weekend and it didn't make it from horror fans. It made it from horror fans being 10% and young people who wanted to go see a movie being the other 80% probably. And then there's 10% of, of, people of a I did my math wrong so 90% was young people yeah so it's it's just an interesting it's, it's something that I think is um you know probably the biggest piece of trivia for Hatchet 2 in a lot of ways and why yeah. it got so much attention to begin with and I think it's in hindsight a very silly issue I guess could would it be wrong of me to say that Hatchet and Hatchet 2 were very fortunate in very right time, right place, kind of. I definitely think Hatchet was. I mean, Hatchet came out at a time when, um, I guess for whatever reason, the world was excited for some indie horror and for, because, I mean, sure, 2006, I mean, I I can't remember exactly that era, but maybe there hadn't been that many um, throwbacks. I'm going to call because, I mean, it's a throwback. And I think it was the right time for people to have been the right age where they were looking for something very 80s. Mm-hmm. And with Hatchet 2, I mean, the the timing, who knows? Because, I mean, the movie was a flop. The movie made, uh, like, an eighth of its, of its budget back. I'm sure it sold plenty of DVDs, and supposedly yeah. they're doing a third one. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's that kind of... And I mean, it with Adam Green. What was the last thing he did after? Because Frozen, Frozen is also a very different movie. And Correct. I wonder if he like really wanted to get away from Hatchet. Because you could say the same for. I remember now that I'm thinking about it. I remember him talking about Spiral and saying how a lot of people were really disappointed in it because it wasn't Hatchet. Mm-hmm. And he's the kind of director I feel like he needs to he needs to disappoint his fans. Because the fans he probably built in the beginning were people who were like, yeah, look at all the blood and boobs and Hatchet. And I do think he can be a better filmmaker than that. Well, I mean, if Frozen didn't exist, I would say you're crazy. Right. But I feel like that... You could kind of write Spiral off as, you know, well, who knows how much of it was him and how much of it was Joel yes. Moore. It's, it's, it's a very different... Because I remember when the movie was going to be PG-13 and people were like ranting about that. They're like, oh my God, Adam Green made a PG-13 movie. And it's so it kind of goes to show you, I think, who the hatchet contingent is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I mean, Frozen is genuinely good. I I enjoyed it. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, mm-hmm. but I mean, and there is also a Frozen. Now, how do you feel about the Frozen reference 
in part two. How do you mean, how do I feel about every reference, every single reference, all of the references? Uh, <laughs> like the Jack Chop, which I'm sure you oh, saw yeah. in the background. And yeah, the Frozen reference. And I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess I, if I'm going to be honest, it, I didn't like it at all. It made me chuckle, but then it also made me think, ooh, but if I hadn't shown, seen Frozen, it would have been a total spoiler. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Sean, Sean Ashmore shows up. Yeah, um, he has a cameo. He has a cameo, which I, I adore him. So I I'm fine with that. But, yeah, um, I was, I think, okay, from, from the jump, I was like, okay, let's do this. This is going to be fun right. and different, and there's more of a budget and maybe more of like a, you know, like, this is what we're going to do, more of a direction. And then it's the almost the exact opposite of that. Right. It seems less, it seems rudderless. There seems to be no direction. The, 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 I can't say the acting. I, I it's feel. It's not the actor's fault. In part two. I, in, in part, part one, two. I think, I mean, really just to me, the lead, the lead uh, final girl is a problem, I think. But it's, again, I think it's more casting than acting. And this one, I think everyone's fine. I just think they're given awful dialogue. And like, there's a whole exchange between the guys who are like, your name's Cletus? Really? Yeah, my brother's Cash. Well, that's stupid. Oh, yeah? My name's Chad. You know, that's a gay name or something. And it's dialogue that's, you, you get what he's trying to do with it, but it's just not clever and not funny. But let, let, me, let me pause you on this dialogue. What was the deal with making three actors who okay maybe one or two of them is better than other ones but daniel harris tony todd and um kane hodder mm-hmm. why are you making them deliver these stirring emotional monologues that they can't handle yeah and i that sounds so fucking shitty i feel so bad for saying that but i i don't i feel like they they got hung out to dry because, and, and, and it's and also it, just because the whole tone of the movie, you have, you know, when you have people making jokes about the name Cletus, mm-hmm. and then you have, yeah, Daniel Harris giving this long soliloquy about her daddy, and Tony Todd going on and narrating this whole thing in his whispery Tony Todd voice. Like, what is going on? And it's, I think it's just the overindulgence of the movie. And it's that, okay, I'm going to come back to Hatchet 2, and... You know, I, and I mean, according to IMDb, the budget was actually lower on Hatchet 2 than it was on Hatchet. Hmm. I don't know how true those numbers are. It has, like, Hatchet's budget at 1.5 million and Hatchet 2's at 800,000. I don't know if that's true. Um, It doesn't really seem believable in some ways, but I don't know. Um, But regardless, like, it's just Adam Green wrote and directed both movies, and I'm sure he was the main producer on them. And when you have no one, Mm -hmm. and you get the feeling, and we've talked about this, like there's a lot of kind of, you know, boys club camaraderie around a lot of different circles of cinema right now, and especially horror cinema, where you probably have, you know, I'm sure it's like the most of the same crew from the first film. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's sitting around having a good time. We go, you know, making the movie really quickly. There's nobody to step in and say, um, I don't know. Like, do you think that's... I don't know if this line's really... I don't know if he's nailing it. Maybe we should try something else. And, you know, it just... It doesn't have any editing, I guess. Yeah. It's... it's Yeah, it's very much like... For his... I feel like his ideas 
there's no filter. It goes, mm-hmm. I this is my idea, and now it is the movie. Now it is the movie. <laughs> and that's even how I feel about his segment in Chillerama. It's yes. a great idea, and it works for five minutes. And Joel, Dickel, Dave, Joel, Joel David Moore uh, sells it the entire time. Whole time. But there's yep. also 15 minutes of the same joke being looped over and over again. And I think it's just, and that's Chillerama in general. I remember having that same question when I watched it. I was like, okay, I get that like all four or five directors were given the task of like, make a movie. This is like your time frame. You know, try not to go over 20 minutes or, or whatnot. But I had to wonder, I'm like, so did like Adam Rifkin walk in on the set one day and watch Adam, Adam Green and like give, give tips? Did they give each other feedback? Like, because it feels like they didn't. It mm-hmm. feels like everybody was like, yeah, bro, that's awesome. Keep doing it. Yeah. And as a result, it's just over, it's too much. And it's not like, it's just, it's not edited right. And it's, you know, there, are, I, you know, is there a great movie in Hatchet or Hatchet 2 Buried? No. But are there probably like good, enjoyable stuff in there? Sure. But it's, it, there's so much cutting that needs to be done and honing that's just not done on these movies. And I can't imagine Hatchet 3, you know, I say that, but I, if they make Hatchet 3, I will see it, because I'm curious. Does it already exist? Um, is it being made is the question. Because mm-hmm. I know that they've, it's, it's listed on IMDb, but is it just rumored yeah. still? That I, I don't know. It seems like it has like a cast and a cover. It's, oh, 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 you're right, because it's not, at, never mind, it's not Adam Green. No, it's... No. B.J. McDonald. Oh, I think like he's executive producing. He looks like he's. It has him credited as writer it's, for characters, but then it has him so, credited as just the writer. Yeah, so it might. Oh, be and Zach Galligan is in it. Okay. No, it's kind of cool. Oh, oh and Carolyn Williams. Williams. We both did the same thing. <laughs> Carolyn Williams. Okay. All right. Oh, and Sean Whalen, our buddy Sean Whalen, who comes up on the show, a frightening amount. Sean Whalen. Why don't I? These people oh! into the state. Yeah, people into the and Aaron, Aaron Burr. Yeah, and if you watched Laid to Rest, he's in that. For crazy, he is. <laughs> Just watch it. Surprised he wasn't in Showgirls. I bet he was in the background. Uh, maybe in a deleted scene. Um. So, but yeah. So I actually now that I'm saying that I have no. I'm if anything curious to see what Adam Green would have done with Hatchet Three, just to see if he would have changed his ways at all, but. It's frustrating because I, I really I want to root for the guy, but I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's got a lot to prove to me still. <sighs> yeah, and I again I will say because I feel I understand that it's okay. Kane Hodder isn't isn't like an actor actor. <laughs> Do you know? Like I feel like I'm. I, I just hate being negative, and I feel like I'm being negative about this movie. But, like, I feel like he was done a disservice by being mm-hmm. given all that heavy dialogue. Right. And being asked to emote so, so much. That's like asking me to do that scene. <laughs> I but, can't do that But scene. not only asking you to do that, asking you to do that, and then the next scene kind of undercutting all of it with really stupid jokes. Yeah, exactly. Even if you gave a really good performance, it wouldn't be your fault if it ends up turning in looking like shit because mm-hmm. it's not handled right you know and it's uh, yeah so i mean i think that's the thing about adam green's filmography so far it's very fanboy and fanboy servicing 
And that's so to me, like the Jack Chop references and stuff, it doesn't bother me because I feel like the movie is aware of, okay, we're going after our audience and we're going to give them face slicings and head severings and skin ripping offings and stuff. Uh, that's true. There was some skin ripping off. There was the most ridiculous skin ripping off. You can stay alive for a really long time after being ripped in half and then having your spinal cord ripped out. Yep. It's like a three minute like window where you're still alive. I didn't know that, but well, yeah. Watch this film, and yeah, I learned you. a lot. Um, so yeah, it's. I don't begrudge anyone liking it, but I do kind of feel like I get into the conversations where I'll be talking to somebody about horror, and they're like, "Oh, Hatchet Man, I love Hatchet. Like, you, you like Hatchet, right?" And it's my feeling, like, to say not really because it ends up. I'm trying to like compare it to something where. If I say that about, I don't know, it's my dislike for it is much more complicated than a simple like, no, it's kind of stupid because it's not that. It's that it represents a lot of things I don't like about the genre and don't like about how people (laughs) treat the genre right now, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're talking about hipsterness. Like, it's the horror hipster. (laughs) And I'm not until because if because I don't mean to say that because if you're out there and you're like but I like Hatchet I'm not calling you a horror hipster I'm sorry, it's that sense that I feel like um, by disliking it I know that somebody you think I'm less of a horror fan exactly like you're you're giving up some kind of like cred because you're not like yeah no okay sorry Behind the Mask is a better movie you know what else is a better movie that has that that goes for really creative kills and good gore and stirring monologues and is fucking exploitative and off the wall hobo with a shotgun yeah watch hobo with a shotgun there you go that that shotgun it's like when when and i and i will continue and i think i tweeted something like it is now it is like what i measure films against because hobo with a shotgun exists I can't forgive certain other things in movies because I see this movie exists. Mm. It can be fucking done, people. So do not do not give me this like thing and then tell me I'm supposed to like it when I can show you something that's better. Uh, yeah, I, I like that <laughs> attitude. But that's that. the thing. It's like here, here's this thing. Don't you like it? Mm. <laughs> no, actually, I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> oh, then you must not be a horror fan, dude. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about The Exorcist 3? Because I'll talk to you about The Exorcist uh, 3. She will. She will. I, I will talk the <laughs> shit out of that movie. <sighs> yeah. It's an emotional roller coaster. these movies it, it really is. But overall, and then still Mercedes McNabb shows up in this. And you're like, she's awesome. And you're like, she's, she's so funny. Like Can she come she's back? Yeah. yeah. But that whole beginning part, I feel like. This that movie I don't have it up on my screen anymore, but Hatchet Two doesn't have a long runtime. I feel like it was They're the longest movie. Minutes. Yeah. It was the longest movie ever made. <laughs> it was just so long, and there was just so much talking, yeah. and like and it's not good talking. It's bad and then talking. and then there's like the then the, like the kills are like really they stand in stark contrast to the talking, mm-hmm. and they're you're just like what is even going on? Yeah. Still don't really know, but apparently they'll they'll continue to tell me with the third one. Well, the the thing was like they they've gotten to the whole backstory because like Victor Crowley, like three kids came and like that's why he died or something, and then like <laughs> and then like he's got to kill those three kids, 
And but, one of them was Robert England, and he killed him. And now that's why they that that's why Tony Todd was like, bring bring your your uncle. Your, your uncle. The are, spoiler alert to the end of the movie. There's a twist. Um, we find out that the uncle was already dead. So, so then, guess what? You? you can't break the curse then. LOL, JK. Like, and it's like, he's a ghost. No, he's real. No, he's the manifestation of ghostness. Well, then then you're getting into some serious Jason territory. I know that's like the easy poll, like, oh, it's Jason. There is no actual definition of what kind of creature he is. Yeah. He's never, he's a ghost. He's like, but like he's a cool. Buddy, but he hurts if you shoot him. He's like an awesome little kid and like fucked up shit happens. That's another thing. Like they were really trying to like evoke this emotional response. Right, like right. make it kind of sad. And... and but then like, why the fuck did the, the mother died of like cancer or something? And then she came back. Like what even happened? I don't know. It's I Louisiana. didn't. Everybody and then like, everyone. why did, why did, um, um, Kane Hodder have sex with like her hospice worker like in the next and, had, and she'd been sick for a long time but it was she was in the next row <laughs> they could have been more quiet about it and then like she died and like he legit grabbed the other woman's hand in front of his wife's corpse yeah well, what is even going on and, and it's not like she died and they hug she died and they like french kiss Yes. Which seems like that's not the reaction you'd have after this woman that you both seem to care about died. But anyway. Exactly. I didn't understand. It's because Adam Green doesn't understand women. That might be yeah, one of the reasons. That's true. And that's another thing. Like, that woman was a burden and then cursed him. And then the other woman was just like, I'm down to fuck, even though your wife's dying in the other room. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ooh, my baby's ugly. I don't want to do see that shit. Dead. Aww. I did. I did kind of feel bad for the, like the little kid. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. But but then yeah. <laughs> Especially they had to be in two movies. That's true. Um. All right. So do we have any? Oh, more? oh please. Uh, I was gonna say we have to rate these still, don't we? Oh yes, we do. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right. I'm sure I could talk for like three hours, but I would just get repetitive. Yeah, but I mean, I hope we've made our point about these movies. I feel bad because <laughs> cuz I'm not good at not liking something. Well, I think cuz we're I think we're similar. We're, I know like for me, I do feel bad not liking these movies because I understand that they're important to the horror genre in a way. Uh-huh. And that 20 years from now, when we're looking decade by decade at horror movies that came out and da 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 this is going to be an influential movie, one way or another. It's going to still be in conversations, I think. Hmm. But to, I more, more so for what surrounding it. Like, exactly. For instance, the marketing of the first one. Like, hey, nobody wants this because it's original, so let's market it. Like, hey, this is original. And then the thing with the second one. Mm-hmm. I think that's why. But I don't know. It, it didn't bring anything to, new to the table. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think bringing up Adam Green, who then kind of helped bring other people up as well. Yeah. You know, I think that like, he, him and his kind of crew of people, like, I think all of them are, you know, they're going to stick around hard for a while, because I mean, why not? Um, I just hope they all get better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's... Oh, we didn't even talk about AJ Bowen at all. Oh, fuck his beard. He's I... got a great beard. I think I think it's time that I just come out and say it. Um, I am in love with that man. <laughs> he, he's awesome. He's the best, mm-hmm. possibly ever. 
Um, no, but he's he's. I know that he can act. Like I've seen a shocking amount of films that he's been in. He's in like let's let's. He's in this. he's in absolutely everything ever forever and, and anything that came out in the last eight years that is in the horror genre he's pretty much ah ew ew but as IMDb photo he doesn't have a beard I don't like it I don't like it I don't no, like that's it that's at South by um that's when I saw him that's from that's from South by and I was there and I was in the same room as him and it was it was thrilling I know you were wondering but he, he didn't have he didn't have a beard at all I know I like him with a beard too see um so chillerama you're next a horrible way to die i've seen two house of the devil yes signal yep three and he he can act he can and the thing that made me pout in this is they don't even give him anything to do god they give him well i mean the most bothersome part probably of the movie for both of us which is his relationship with the hot blonde. Yeah, wasn't he no engaged? Movie. Or was that a lie? Did that oh come out God, as a lie? I didn't, I couldn't, I had a hard time paying attention. And I had the subtitles on. <laughs> I did, like, I because had them on because people were sleeping in my apartment, so I didn't want to be loud. And I also wanted to understand what people were saying because they talk with bad southern accents, and sometimes <laughs> it's hard to understand. Sometimes they don't talk with southern accents. And it's, you never quite know. And I was honestly just. I don't remember. I didn't quite understand because who at the that f- woman was, why she was there, why she was the only hot woman, uh, or at- why the only woman in the movie could be a hot blonde that would take her top off. She also didn't have a bra on. Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I, I, knew, I, I go to the backwoods to hunt down a um, like giant killer and I'm going to be running around with a gun, I don't wear a bra. Yeah. But at the beginning, when they first meet, she's like, he's like, yeah, back up off me. I'm engaged or I'm no, I'm here for the money for my wedding. And I was like, oh, OK, interesting. And then and then I again, I, I went and I made some lovely rice cakes with almond butter on the top. So I don't know. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed it. Was it? (laughs) She wasn't his fiance. Was she? No, 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 no. But but that was like why she was all like they had dated or something. High school sweethearts. And she was like into him. Like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, step off me. I'm getting married. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't like that. And then that that made me like confused and upset. But then they get to have sex, and we get to see her boobs get stabbed. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's problematic. It is probably AJ Bowen's beard. But no, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but no. there's some good cameos in this, and then I'll shut up. Um, there, um, Sean Ashmore, as, as we've spoken of, and then Emma Bell shows up on the television yep. screen. You see Lloyd Kaufman. Um, I miss Lloyd Kaufman. Oh, he's in there for a substantial amount of time, too. Um, Mike Mendez is in there, too. I didn't know it was him until I looked. I saw Joe Lynch. I actually did see him. I was proud of myself. Joe Lynch, who worked at my the video store I used to go to when I was a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, he must. He's a Long Island boy. Um, I don't know where exactly from Long Island he is. I'm curious. But 112 Video, located in Medford, New York, now in Patchak, New York, um, was we were like the one of the first customers at that place. And Joe Lynch, I have heard interviews, and he's talked about how he uh, used to work there. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So I might oh. have rented like. I probably rented Killer Clowns Matter Space from Joe Lynch at some point. You should tell him that next time you see him. And um, also, the dude who plays um, Chrome Skull in Laid to Rest is uncredited as well in this film. It all comes back to Laid to Rest. 
date of birth, Long Island, New York. That doesn't make any sense in any way. First of all, Long Island's not a city. Second of all, it's not a date. So clearly no one has any information. Well, it's like Joe Lynch, his IMDb things. Joe Lynch was born in Long Island, New York, and raised on a city diet, blah, 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 blah. But there's, I don't, just tell me the town he's from. What town is Joe Lynch from? Gonna get some like random yeah, or like yellow page site where some uh, random the, the mayor of somewhere in Nebraska, Joe Lynch. He is on LinkedIn. Ooh. I don't know if that's actually him or not. Uh Lynch again is from God damn, why is it so hard to find out what town he's from? I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want you to know. It's so funny. I like Wrong Turn 2. Wrong Turn 2 is a movie that Hatchet should be. Because Wrong Turn 2, have you seen? No, I haven't. I haven't seen the first one. Um, Oh, oh, interesting. Um, I mean, Wrong Turn is fine. It's for what it is. What I think notable about it is that it was a theatrical, hard R horror movie coming out in a time when you didn't really have that so much. So for that reason, it's memorable, and because it's like Eliza Dushku and um, yeah, I know I did know and too. Like Jeremy Sisto and all these random people. But Wrong Turn Two is, I mean, it, it, it's oh, it's it's just direct to video, as I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, very gory, very tongue in cheek horror comedy. Uh, has a lot of fun with like. There's a kind of a reality show joke, too. It has fun with kind of establishing who you think is going to be the final girl and then just killing her. Like, doing things like that. And it's just a blast. You also have um, Henry Rollins in it, and he's just having fun. And so Wrong Turn 2, like, it gets the spirit. I th- and, I mean, it came a couple of years after... Two- oh, no, 2007. What the fuck? So it's right around the same time that yeah. match is being made. And I think it just... It does all of the things that... I, you know, Hatchet tries to do, and I guess for some people does do, you know, it's gory, it's, there's, there's a lot of violence, there's a lot of, but it's also, there's a lot of jokes, and it's funny, and it's really not that original, it's the same story, it's, you know, there's mutants in the woods, and they're killing people, and that's all you get, but it's just done so much better, and so, you know, that's gonna be my new counter-argument, when somebody's like, you don't like Hatchet, I'm like, no, I like Rock Turn 2. There you go. I'm glad I worked this out. I, I you did, and I'm happy to have helped. This was useful. Yeah, I feel good about myself now. Good. All right. Hmm. You want to rate them? Oh, do we rate them? <laughs> do we do we rate them individually, or do we rate them like as an entity? Um, let's rate them individually. All right. Um, Shit. wait. What do we do first? Quality. Quality of film. <laughs> this is hard. Um, quality of film. For Hatchet, I'm going to do 5.5. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of... Well, I'm going to say 4.5. Mm-hmm. It's, to me, it's, it's a little below average for this type of film. And it's still probably better than most films of this type, but that's yeah. because most films of this type aren't very good. It, 4.5 is probably higher than most Friday the 13th if not all of them, save for mm-hmm. maybe part four. Um, but that doesn't make them good films. So um, I didn't have any, like, if, if Hatchet had just existed in a universe where it was just itself, then I wouldn't have much of an issue with it. Um, okay. My quality of life for Hatchet is like a 4.5. 
My quality of life for the first hatchet is... Um... Yeah, I'll say 4.5. Yeah. It's, it's one that I could, if it was on behind me, like, if I was flipping around TV one day and just needed something on the background while I was doing something, I could put it on. Yeah, exactly. It mute, and it would at least, like, entertain me some way or another. So, yeah, I would say 4.5. Mm-hmm. Um, quality of film for the second one. <sighs> it's really hard. I'm going to say quality of film for the second one of 4. Quality of film for the second one for me. Um, and it's funny because I feel like watching it was hard because I'm like, I kind of enjoyed the, the second one more, but I think that's just because I hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. And then, especially after talking it out, it's really not good. And I would, you know, I'm just going to say four also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's. It's a. It's not that it's a, a huge step down from the first one. It's just no better. For, for me personally, I felt it was a huge step down. I think I felt like everything that was right with the first one, what, even if it was just a small amount of things, was completely non-existent or wrong in the second one. Interesting. Um, that being said, quality of life is like a two. Um, for the second one. Yeah, quality of life. I'm going to go... Or, or like a nun. I was... I don't even know if it gets a number. The the amount of rage that I felt... Again, like I said, I came down a little bit after the dudes got the chainsaw to the crotch. But the, the anger I felt was, like, unparalleled. Yeah. I I don't know if I've ever been that angry at a movie like that. I can... No, I, I can understand and agree. Like, because again... And I'm, I'm so glad... You know, I'm so glad I have you and that we talked about... <laughs> Because I did start to wonder, I'm like, am I seeing, like, misogyny in a movie because I sometimes overthink this or, like, can get... Because, I mean, I'm, like, weird about the things that bother me from, from like, the feminist point of view in movies. Because, again, like, I watch mostly horror movies. I've seen my share of movies that offend a lot of people but haven't offended me. And yet I did, like, find myself thinking, like, uh, am, like, I don't think this movie likes me very much. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really glad we talked it out. And now I yeah. agree. Um, so I'm going to say, on, yeah, I'll go, I don't know, 3.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm glad I wasn't alone in that. Nope, That's no, all I no. can say. Two are not. You are not. Uh, all right. So... Um, before we get on to our uh, explaining what we're doing next week, um, do you have an instant watch pick? Oh, I do. Ooh. I do, I do, I do. I actually had a good week on instant watch. I just randomly picked it and it all worked out. Um, I actually watched this last night. It is from 2011. Uh, it is called The Awakening. Okay. Um, I guess it's a horror movie. Sounds vaguely familiar. Um, it's got Dominic West in it. Ooh, um, who, ooh, who, ooh. I, who I adore. Ooh. And uh, it's, it stars Rebecca Hall, who I didn't ooh. think I knew. Was I didn't know. Prestige? Yes. Oh. See, I didn't realize that was her until I yeah. just Googled it. Um, but it, it's it's kind of like, I don't want to say what it's kind of like because I feel like it'll give it away. But it's like um, gotcha. like a meat, not, not a medium. She's like a, a ghost skeptic is like disproving ghosty stuff. 
it, but like then she goes to this like school for boys and there's ghosty stuff going on but it's like really smart and kind of creepy in some points and kind of like if if there was hypothetically a twist i might have seen it coming but who cares it was still really good okay. so watch it it's it's on instant and yeah dominic west i mean be- believe me you don't have to tell me twice if it's Dominic Webb. And he's he's super good in it. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, okay, my instant pick um, is, well, I, the first, okay, I kind of had to, like, throw together an instant pick the other day because I was like, oh, shit, I forgot to find an instant pick, and I haven't been on Netflix that much lately. So I picked a movie that, like, doesn't really need anybody's help because it did pretty well in the movie theater, but... I wouldn't be surprised if some more, um, like, genre-y film fans avoided it because they thought it was popular and therefore... Oh, I can't wait. What are you going to say? Okay, also because I finally finished the last book, and I'm like, you know, I tell ya, if I were 13, I, like, or if I had a 13-year-old daughter, I would be so happy if she liked The Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. And, and read the book. The, so I finished all three books now. Uh-huh. And really enjoyed them. Um, really surprised at how dark the books get and how they don't go for an easy ending, which they totally could have because they're aimed at, like, 14-year-old girls. Um, and the the first movie is now on Instant Watch. And so, you know, if you're out there and you hadn't, and you did not see the movie, I really think it's a pretty decent adaptation of the book. And I think there's a lot of interesting choices made in it. Um, and just, you know, people can whine about it being a battle battle royale ripoff or whatnot, Dude, do you know, like, I watched Battle Royale before it was, like, legal in the United States. So, like, I, you know. I, let me pause right here. Guys, Emily is, she she is, like, my go-to Battle Royale gal. Yeah. So if Emily doesn't have a problem with us, then, then you, you shouldn't, shouldn't have, have a problem with us. Yeah. So it's just for those people out there that, like, really didn't think they wanted to give Hunger Games a chance. I was... You know, I'm impressed with how they adapted it on film. I think the casting was pretty on the nose. The little girl from Orphan is like <gasps> vicious knife throwing kill. Right, she's and so she's good. Awesome, she's awesome. You've got like bee attacks. You've got yeah. kids getting sliced up. You've got like some really cool choices. I think even the like visual design of the capital and of the districts. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the more the, when I saw the movie the first time, I I, I liked it, and and. Having revisited it a while back, I really think it's a much stronger adaptation than I even gave it credit for the first time. And they just put the trailer out for the second film, so I, like, and I just read the book, so I was, like, in a, like, supportive Hunger Games mood lately. Yeah, as well you should be. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, just putting it out there. And I'll be curious if there are people out there, um, well, even if you've seen them, I I am genuinely curious what the uh, kind of film fan of our circle of people thought about them. I liked it. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> so now, Christine, you have a plane to catch tomorrow. Yeah. What's, what uh, what's, so what are you doing when you go to England? <laughs> I was going to play coy with you, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not even going to. Um, <laughs> I, I am going to see an adaptation of Macbeth starring one James McAvoy. Ooh. I'm so excited. Oh. <laughs> I am very excited for Christine, of course, to do these. Thanks. Thank you. Um, and it, you know, it got, it got me thinking about like, okay, so what should we do when Christine gets back? And I started thinking, you know, there are quite a few good Macbeth adaptations out there. Mm-hmm. Or not even good, but interesting. <laughs> there 
there are quite a few out there. <laughs> out there. There are a few. Yes. Um, I mean, Macbeth is one of those stories that you can, you know, I didn't even realize Alan Cumming currently has a one-man version of Macbeth <gasps> on Broadway right now. Yes, I did know that, too. Yeah. You should go see it. It's all the rage. I know, but then I have to leave my apartment, and it's Oof. so comfortable here. You've been here. You know, I know. I got the big TV. I got the cats. Lots of cats. Yeah, there are lots of cats. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do when Christine gets back, we are going to do two different adaptations of Macbeth. Which two? I don't know. Do you know? Um, I I picked two. The one okay. I feel like the one I really want to do is Scotland, PA, uh, which came out around ooh, probably two thousand. I, ho- I hope I hope the one that you're gonna say is the other one that I want to see. What's the other one that you want? <laughs> the the, the, the Plansky one. I want to see. Because I was like debating because I'm like okay, okay we could do Throne of Blood we could do like the no. Worthington one but I'm like. I kind because of, I haven't watched the Polanski Macbeth in years. I've never seen it. I saw it once a long time ago, and I didn't really pay attention to it. And it was a it was like an answer. Wait, no, we were watching a documentary the other day about Playboy, and it came up in conversation because it was in part produced by like Hugh Hefner because mm. there's naked people mm. in it and stuff. Um, so yeah, Roman Polanski's Macbeth, which you can do on Amazon Video for like three bucks a rental. Oh really? That's yep. cool. Yeah, and Scotland, and uh, I forget who directed it, but the star-studded... Um, Moira Tierney's in it. Oh, she's so... so good in it. I love her in it. There you go. That's all you need to tell me. Also, Christopher Walken. And uh, also, it's... the little kid from The Sandlot. Oh, all right. Done. Yeah. I noticed that it's kind of odd what actors and actresses, like, will sell me on a film. Like, Moira Tierney, yes! Give me this movie! Clea Duvall, why didn't you say so? <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm a bizarre one, but I'm <laughs> super excited. I'm there. Right? But really, really strong. Does he have a beard? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Done. Give it to me. Hell yeah. All right. So that's what we'll be covering when next we meet. Yeah. Um, you know, providing uh, Christine doesn't uh, run away with a certain James McAvoy and live or out die. her end of days in Scotland or something. That would be so fun. No, I love Dylan. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I could be the last queen of Scotland, but I guess we'll stay with Dylan. Uh, whatever. Uh, he does have a beard. He, that's true. Yeah. But so does McAvoy right now, too, but we won't get into that. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> beard competition. Oh, folks, this was, this, was, uh, this was the feminine critique, which uh, could be Who knows? Be over Who knows if it is anymore? But it's, oh, it's the feminine critique with Emily, Christine, and James McAvoy. <laughs> In. So, James, what would you rate Hatchet? I think he would give it a very low rating. Well, only if you talked him into it. Or seduced him into a low rating. This is derailing. It's gone. I'm, All I'm right, done. folks. Um, if you would like to contact us, you can email us at thefemininecritique at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. If you would like to tweet us, you can do so at femininepodcast. And for the most uh, interaction of the place that we check the most, come to our Facebook page. Say hi. Say hi. Or hey. Yeah. I've heard people or, say hey. Or disagree. Say, like, look, I really like Hatchet. If you and, really like Hatchet and really uh, hate James McAvoy. <gasps> Don't say that. <laughs> I mean, hey, I just want to make it an open environment where people can feel free to say whatever they want. Except- if you think A.J. Bowen looks better without a beard, then you Don't say you- it. 
No, don't say that there. I mean, <laughs> we're gonna mock you and possibly spam you, but still, you can say it. It's America, <laughs> or this yeah. part is. I'm in America. Christine won't be. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, post it while I'm not in America. <laughs> then it's acceptable. All right, folks. Good night. Uh, ta-ta! What's the British way of saying goodbye? Um, bye. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, brothers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Come on, brothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. Oh, fathers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, fathers, let's go down, down in the river to As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe and crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, mothers, let's go down. Come on down, don't you want to go down? Come on, mothers, let's go down, down in the river to pray. As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sinners, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sinners, let's go down, down in the river to As I went down in the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the robe?